Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, an unfiltered, behind-the-scenes, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav. And I'm Jason. We're the co-founders of Location Indie. And you may have noticed there was no timer in this episode, Trav. Yes, that's because once a month, we're going to be rolling out a very special bonus episode for you where we're highlighting one of our Location Indie members and their story of how they became location independent. We're going to be doing that today. So let's get into it. So I'm super excited to welcome this month's Location Indie Member of the Month, Jason Kane. Congrats, Jason. Welcome. Thanks, Trev. Thanks for having me. Jason, if you want to start your own timer, we can do a J start the timer. There we go. Um, What I want to do today for your story is I want to start about start looking at what your life looks like right now. And then we're going to walk it back to before you were location dependent and all the cool stuff, including like a pretty crazy first date that you took and stuff like that. Um, So give us a little bit of a look into what your life is like right now. What are you doing for work? What's it look like day to day? All that kind of good stuff. Sure. So right now, uh, I'm actually at home in Connecticut. Uh, That was for a health reason, unfortunately. But um, in the morning, I teach online VIP kid. And that takes up the early morning hours because the hours in China don't match up so well. Um, I spend some of the day teaching at an elementary school. It's like uh, tech education. And then I do content writing for the afternoon into the nighttime. So that's pretty much uh, a typical day for me. So you're, you're working three different gigs at this point then, kind of. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing in the middle of the day at the elementary school is because I had all this time in the middle of the day, provides a little structure. Um, but I guess if I wanted to pick up and go somewhere, as long as my health's okay, I could do that. How long have you been with, with VIP Kids teaching uh, with that program? Yeah, I think in March, I hit a year. I've taught over a thousand classes, a couple hundred kids. So yeah, it's been over a year. All right, let's walk it back then because you've been doing it for a year. What was like old Jason's life? What did that look like before you VIP kids and and took on all the stuff that you're doing now? Yeah, so before that, um, working at a restaurant, trying to save up to travel. Um, You know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I was just trying to get out of the US (laughs) and uh, go to travel. So I worked at a restaurant, saved up some money, and uh, I took off for Europe to take a course for training for teaching English online. And that was where my LI journey kind of started, I guess, was trying to find anything that would let me do something in another country. Um, And from there, I just didn't come home. I stayed in Europe for most of last year. What did that, like, what was the reasoning behind wanting to go out and travel? Was that something you had done when you were younger with your parents or was this kind of like your first trip? You're like, I got to get out of this situation that I'm in right now. I had, I wanted to get out. I'm pretty restless and I, I know there's a lot to see out there. Um, also I had come home too soon from past trips. Um, and that's probably one of my biggest, like, you know, successes in the, in the past year was not coming home too soon. So I knew I hadn't given myself enough time to kind of experience what it was like and try to support myself financially, uh, mentally. Um, so this time I did that. And yeah, that was awesome. Why were you coming back too soon? Like what brought that about? Was it, were you, like, was it fear? Like, oh, I can't make this last? Or was it you ran out of money? 
No, I like n- neither really. I honestly, I feel most alive like when I'm doing something new, um, something I've never done in a place I've never been with people I've just met. Like that's what I, I love that. Um, I was coming back for reasons that honestly weren't <laughs> that great, either relationships that were no longer serving me or um, things that I felt I had to do that really, I was just making these excuses and uh, I lost money changing flights. Just, so just, it was just like the old life was kind of, you, you felt like you couldn't break free of it for, for whatever various reason. I, it took a lot of looking, I guess, inside this past trip, a lot of soul searching, that kind of stuff. Was there a point in this past trip? Because you said that was a big success for you. saying like, I'm going to stay, like I'm going to stick this out for however long until I feel comfortable coming back. Was there a point or multiple points in there that you, that you almost came back again? I bought tickets, Trav. I bought okay. tickets and I lost them. I bought, and I felt so good finally about losing those tickets. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, uh, I was in Spain. Um, and I, I bought tickets to come home early and I ended up actually overstaying my visa by six to eight months instead. So like had to do it. Like that's what it took, you know, that's what it took to, uh, to stay there. So, all right, you overstayed. So you went, you went all, all the way to the other end to the point where like, I'm going to overstay my Overcompensated visa. Just a little, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> what ended up happening then with the, with the visa situation? So I carefully made my way. I don't want to, I don't like promote this, like, but uh, there are a few countries that, if you, uh, if you find yourself in this situation, there are a few countries that are better to try to leave out of. Um, I went from Spain to, to Lisbon because I said, you know, why not? I'm here and I wanted to exit that way. Um, I actually got more, I don't know, more questions asked of me um, landing back in the U.S. than leaving Lisbon. So okay. just do carefully. <laughs> so with your location-independent journey, what brought about the idea of teaching English? Because you said you went, you, you want to get certified, and now obviously you've been teaching it for over a year. Was that the first thing you wanted to try? Like, did you see it as the easiest way to get in? Or was it something that you're like, I'm just passionate about this anyway, and I think that I can do it? Yeah, I was going to go back to school. I've always had like, uh, I've worked in schools, um, and I was going to go back to school for school psychology. And I figured this is kind of like teaching. It's in the same realm. And it was one of the quickest and easiest ways to jump into that. Um, My idea of what location independence is has kind of changed. So at first, it was just what can I do in another country? Um, And that was, you know, get the certificate and teach. And then I was like, all right, I want to be able to do this from anywhere and move as I please. So I shifted uh, to doing it online. But it was just kind of the easiest way to get my foot into that that LI. Yeah, let's talk about the the shifting of kind of an LI lifestyle because that same thing happened to me, right? It was I'm teaching in Japan and and it was again like you. I just want to do something different. I want to be somewhere different. And then it became, well, I don't want someone to tell me where that is. Yep. So now I got to figure it out. What other I, that was one of the shifts you have. Were there any other shifts that came about with uh, like as you progressed over the last year, year and a half through your location independent journey that you thought, Hey, I, in the beginning, I thought this was what I wanted and it was, but now all of a sudden this is what's come out of it. Sure. One of the biggest uh, transitions that I'm kind of actually in the midst of right now is going from uh, pulling back the teaching online. Um, I feel like I kind of, you know, the things that I can do now in that area, I couldn't do six months, a year ago, whatever. So I've kind of got that down. And now I'd like to shift more into the content writing. I found I really enjoy that more. So, you know, still keeping the online teaching on the side, but um, just working on projects, like constantly working on things, even if you're not getting paid for them, your own things, uh, scratching your own itch. 
<laughs> like you'll come up with things that you can do. And by putting it out there, other people hopefully will see that as well. And, and you'll get opportunities to do things that you really enjoy that you're passionate about. There's nothing what, better than get, yeah, getting paid for like a, something, your, your passion project, like for you, I mean. I get to come on and chat with you guys. So I mean, yeah. that's uh, like the best thing ever. What is What are some of those passion projects? I know you have one that's I was just poking around at uh, earlier and it's really, really neat. Um, so talk to people about what those passion projects are and what's the one that you're kind of jumping into even more than some of the others. Sure. The, the big one right now is uh, Teach Nomadic. Um, basically, like I said, it came from scratching my own itch. I was in Spain where the internet, uh, you guys that are in Spain or have been there, Megan, you can comment on this, I'm sure. Like the internet's spotty at best. It's not the most reliable thing. So I wanted to come up with something that would allow teachers to share places that they had taught from reliably online because we kind of have different needs than people who can just like, just need a basic Wi-Fi connection. Um, and so I started Teach Nomadic to uh, yeah, build up a network of online teachers and online spaces as well. And yeah, so talk, I mean, that's like a huge, huge project because it's not just this, oh, I want to, you know, do it just in Spain. You're looking at doing it worldwide. Plus it's pretty cool that you're able to grab that domain name. Like to me, I, I, I don't know. How long have you had that? Because that seemed like something that would have been gone, right? <laughs> yeah, there's some similar ones. I, I, I started it in October. And what's funny is like, I, I did not eat. And I think I just drank coffee and water the day that I made it. I was so nervous. I had this like, uh, like manufactured level of stress that someone was going to snatch my idea and snatch it. I was so passionate about it. So I, I made that basically the whole skeleton of it, the structure of it in about like seven hours. I just... Um, how did yeah. that go? Do you have those tech skills from previous things that you've done or was it just kind of learning on the fly? Uh, everything in this area outside of like everything that has to do with online, I've kind of taught myself and, uh, like learned on the fly. And I would say like for anyone just curious about how or what or whatever, like go where the problems are. The, the things that I am able to do are because I couldn't do them and I had to find out how to do them and then do them myself. Um, which I love. I love like self-education. I love that. With Teach Nomadic, the goal is, is like you said, for people, online um, teachers to come on and create their own profiles and you, then you can find other online teachers and also, like you said, online spaces. How have you been able to grow that? Because I, A, you have the first hurdle of building it, right? Which which you said, just coffee and water, no food. That's uh, <laughs> There you go, guys. If you want to build something, just stick with the <laughs> coffee. All you need. That's all you need. But then comes the second hurdle or probably third, fourth, fifth, because we're skipping over some, of actually getting people to hear about it, join it, sign up for it. How did you approach that and what have you seen works the best? Yeah, a combination of things like through LI, your, your guys' uh, resource for doing a launch and trying to provide value. I know it's like such a cliche, but honestly, trying to answer questions at Facebook communities and uh, help other people out. And then just be like, hey, like I have this for you or I have this that, that might help people. Not as anything that I'm selling, just something that I think will help other people. Um, and I really believe in that. Like at, at its core, that's what it's, that's what it's for. It's like a crowdsourced uh, platform. So I really, really believe in it. And uh, yeah. All right. So you went to, so you went to similar groups like Facebook groups. Was that probably the easiest way for you to find like large numbers of people who might want it? Yeah. And I mean that, cause there's a bunch of online teaching, like nomadic teachers, VIP kid, uh, nomadic teachers. And then people through here, I've, there's, there's been uh, community members on here that have been, you know, huge supporters of it. Um, adding locations, people who have traveled around a lot, uh, Rachel, she's added a bunch. 
so always thankful for the people that also like, you know, hopefully see the the potential for it. Yeah. What is your, what is your uh, long-term goal for Teach Nomadic then? <laughs> There's a similar site that kind of gives all these locations for cafes and, uh, like co-working spaces. Co-working, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Co-working spaces. And I wanted to run like that where members can get, uh, build up points for uploading and interacting with the site more build it. Uh, so it's more incentivized and then, you know, use those for, for points towards, uh, different stays, different materials, resources, food, whatever. Very cool. So the goal for you then as an ultimate goal, or maybe not ultimate, but in the next couple of years would be, Hey, let's build up Teach Nomadic. Let's figure out a way to get some, like a pretty good groundswell with that, with people in and and a community of people who like it and are, you know, we're incentivizing them to do it while still then teaching English on the side. Yeah. And it's like what Teach Nomadic allows me to do as well is, uh, to, to steal from Nat, who I guess is helping out with your blog, but to steal from him, <laughs> uh, it's like uh, one of my sandboxes. Like it's something that I can um, work on myself and it helps other people, but it also helps me learn. You know, that's where I, all of my testing kind of goes into that as well. Where, where'd you find out about the idea or how'd you find out about the idea of content writing? Because you said that's something that you want to transition into some as well. Why did, like, why did that come about? Was that just something you've always been interested in? And then what have you seen been the major benefits of that versus maybe teaching? I guess I've always liked to write and to be able to do it uh, to help other people out, to grow their audiences, get paid for it so you can travel, of course. You know, I started doing it for my own purposes and uh, actually through the community, um, some people have reached out and asked me if I wanted to do some writing for them. Um, I just enjoy it. I like working better with deadlines. Uh, It's a bit more free in how you go about your day and how you structure it. And uh, it's fun. I mean, you, I love <laughs> figuring out how to, how to best make things sound, uh, you know, get the point across. Yeah. What does it look like? Like if you had your ideal location independent, I don't want to say day because I, I don't know, that might be pigeonholing it too much, but what would an ideal version of location independence look like for you? I mean, for me, I'm going to go back to Spain. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to just go back to those memories for a second. Um, when I was there, you could wake up at kind of whatever hour I wanted, but in the morning and, uh, I would teach for a little while because the hours matched up. I would write for a little while and, um, it's more about quality of life. You know, you can go out with friends at the end of the, at the end of the day, you don't, you don't have to really answer to anyone. Um, if someone wants to take a trip in the middle of the week, you can do that. So it's really about the freedom and, and planning out your schedule the way that you would like. For me, I really enjoy that. Yeah, it certainly does seem, especially, I think part of it is you're in the mode of being somewhere different, but there certainly are other places that I've been to in the world too that seem a little more open to an idea that, hey, wait a second, why aren't you working in the middle of the day? Like, shouldn't you be at work? And, you know, you're in Spain, or you're in Italy, no one's asking why you're not working. They're probably, if you're at work, they're like, why are you at work? It's yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm with you. And I think that the other part of it is, is the mindset usually when we're traveling is like, I find myself more open to other people, more open to suggestions, more open to to conversations in, in the street versus when I'm here at, at my own house. And you know, I could pass a thousand people and never say anything because you feel a little more, I, I don't want to say comfortable, but you're just used to that situation. Do you ever feel that way as well? Like that you have a different mindset when you're traveling or even living abroad versus at home? 
Totally, totally. The two biggest things for me, uh, one language, I love going somewhere, um, where like even just ordering some food is a challenge. It, like that's a whole new experience, just that small thing. And I really can't stress enough, like to anyone who's thinking about it, travel doesn't, you're one of the like biggest <laughs> examples of this travel doesn't have to be expensive. And it's really one of the best ways to shift yourself mentally or, and to grow is to shift physically where you are. And it does open up your mind. It's one of the biggest, one of the biggest, most important things that I've done in the past year. Um, like I said, was staying put and allowing that to happen. Yeah, I totally agree. You're not making decisions on autopilot because everything's new. You you can't make them on autopilot because they're like, wait, I don't know. Like I have to turn right or left. I've never been here before. I love Whereas, it. You know, half the time I pull into my driveway and I'm like, I'm driving for five minutes. I'm like, where am I even going? I, yeah. I you know, you just start going whichever way you're you're used to. One of the questions that, that I have for you, because this is always interesting to me with people's location independent journeys is what was the feedback or like what, how did it come about with your friends, family, people in your, you know, regular circle? Were they supportive? Were they like, oh, this is Jason. He's being crazy. What was that like when you first kind of decided, all right, I'm going to travel. I'm going to go to Europe. And then of course, when you actually stayed and you're like, I'm overstaying for six to eight months. What did people start saying? Uh, it's been a mix. It's been a mix. A lot of people, especially now when I'm home for a little longer, you know, oh, I didn't know you were back. I thought you were in this country or that one. Or uh, what are you, where are you going next? Um, when I stayed, uh, when I, you know, stayed abroad, uh, when are you coming home or what? Okay, so that's great. But what are you going to do when you get back? Uh, it's always that those kind of questions and, you know, or get it out of your system. I hate right, that. Right. I hate, that's one of my like, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's not the way that I think anyways. I'd like to enjoy this kind of, it, it really makes me enjoy and get the most out of life doing this. Um, so why would I want to just do it while I can? I, I don't know. <laughs> I hate the one of like, when are you going to be finished? As if like travel is like this jar that you're filling up and then it yeah. reaches a level and then you can't do it anymore. It's like, oh, when are you going to be finished? I'm like, I actually want to travel way more now that I've started traveling because now I know all these places exist and you yep. want to go back to the ones that were awesome. Exactly. So you've had a mix. What have you done... Like for the people who were maybe, I, I don't want to say obstacles in, in this lifestyle, but the people who were kind of like, oh yeah, get it out while you can. And then what are you going to do for a real job? Like all those people who were questioning it, maybe. What was your attitude towards them? Did you, you have a strategy to deal with that? And have you seen anyone like, like convert or you've been able to flip anyone who might've been questioning it? And now they're like a big fan of what you're doing. Or maybe they've traveled themselves. Well, there's, there's often people who say, oh, I wish I could. I wish I could. And it's more about setting priorities. I've, I've realized if you prioritize it, you can. Otherwise, you'll find excuses why you can't. Um, also, I've, I've realized that the best, it doesn't have to be revenge, but you know that quote, like the best revenge is to live a to good life or what, you know, like to do what you said you were going to do or live a good life. Right. Um, just do it. Just do it anyways. I've been able to kind of harness, I guess, what you know their their objections as motivation for working harder to make it work if that makes sense you know like it's just kind of fuel like yeah you want to prove you want to like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you want to prove them wrong or you just want to show them like hey you don't you can. You didn't really believe i could do this probably and maybe you didn't even come out and say it but i can under, i can read between the lines guess what here's me doing it and I'm just going to show you how much I love it and how much, and that it is possible. And, and I think sometimes you'll see those type of people 
be the ones that then convert, right? Or, or maybe like you, you don't even know, but you've inspired them to think about it differently. And all of a sudden they're off on a trip that they might never have taken, which exactly. is cool. exactly. You had a uh, very interesting first date, right? I want to <laughs> dig into this a little bit because this is about as location indie as you can get. <laughs> Tell people about this, this first date that you had. Uh, sure. Yeah. So she and I, we did know each other from high school. She was a little younger, but, uh, when I came back, uh, from this most recent trip, we went on a date and she had a business trip to Mexico coming up. And somehow in the course of the night, she said, you know, well, you're able to work online. I don't know if she was, I don't think she was testing me, but she said, do you want to come on this trip? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, just give me the dates and, and that's what we'll do. And, uh, so yeah, that's what ended up happening. And I mean, to be able to do that, like not, I don't feel that many people, I mean, wouldn't you want to do that? Wouldn't you want to be able to say yes to a trip to Mexico, knowing that you don't have to worry about like asking someone or giving up work or this. I wrote from, I wrote from Mexico. If I had wanted to teach, I could have done that, but I wrote from Mexico. (laughs) Yeah, that is awesome. I I wonder how many guys i'm just kidding but i wonder how many guys she went on first day with was like you want to go on this business trip and how many said no then she finds you she's like all right well, <laughs> no, I, just, found, I found the guy who could do it right so grateful though so grateful to be able to say yes uh you know yeah what are some of your favorite parts of like the location indie community and location independence in general obviously it's super sweet to be able to say i'm just gonna hop on this trip and, and go on this crazy adventure with someone i just met and very few people in life are, are going to get to that point. So I think we're all thankful that we are. But what are some of the other things that you really appreciate about the community? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially as it relates to my site, the support. Um, everyone, especially in this community specifically, uh, super, super supportive of whatever you're doing, whatever project you're working on, um, because we all want to see one another succeed in the same way. We all believe in it. We all know it's possible. So definitely like grateful to you guys and, and to everyone else in the community. And I like surrounding myself because kind of what you mentioned, uh, your friends from home will always be your friends from home. Um, but when you surround yourself with like-minded people, um, you know, I like it because we're surrounded. We all have that same core mentality of like wanting to be location independent. Then you come together and you can have as many disagreements and like pick each other apart with the the different aspects of it. And you learn from one another, but overall we have that same thing that kind of binds us together. So I love that about the the community here. Yeah. And like you mentioned kind of at the beginning of the show, you you had like you're back in Connecticut because you had some health issues. What are some of the struggles that you've run into in the last year, year and a half for location independent journey? And what were the things that you that ultimately got you over that hurdle to continue it because as as great as it is and as fun as it is there are certainly times where it's easier to give up and say okay like i gave it a shot but it, it didn't work out for me and uh, you mentioned this you can make as many excuses as you want and and everyone has and everyone does but what got you from making those excuses to then saying no 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 i'm going to keep pushing this forward yeah i think there was there was two things uh first of all when i decided to stay um, I had a community of people like this, um, to, to kind of keep <laughs> track of me and kind of sit there and say, no, like they knew as well. They could tell, um, you know, it's not time. Don't go back. Don't go back. And, uh, that really helped. Um, if you stay kind of stuck in your own little, in your hostel or in your apartment or whatever, uh, you got to get out and they're going to help you out through those tough times. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to, 
there's no, if I had gone home, you're going to feel it. If you ask yourself a question in the first five seconds before your head starts messing with you and giving yourself excuses, you're going to have your answer. You can, you can feel it if you do that. And I, I just, every morning I would ask myself, you know, do, do I want to go home? No. And that was the answer. I bought the ticket still. I, I made like, I acted as if I was going to go home, but I knew the answer within the first five seconds of asking myself. And I just stuck it out this time. Um, I dealt with it, <laughs> leaned into the, all that kind of woo stuff that actually works, like lean <laughs> into the pain, stay in Spain. That was my <laughs> lean into the pain and stay in Spain. There you go. And I, I think that's a really great advice for people, regardless of whether it's staying on a trip or extending or whether it's like working in a business that you're like, I love this, but when's it going to finally pick up and things like that is, you know, when you wake up or you give that like initial thought to it, what is your gut telling you? And I think that, you know, again, we say it sounds cliche, but the idea that your gut's telling you, hey, this is something I believe in so much and I'm going to keep doing it. Even though then your mind might tell you other things, you might be like Jason, you might go then buy tickets, even <laughs> though your gut's saying you're staying and it might cost you some money. But um, I think that's great advice just to, just to really sit there, be honest and say, what is this telling me? Like deep inside me, what is the answer that I want? And, and going from there. If people are like interested in becoming location independent, at which they are listening to this podcast, so you are interested in becoming location independent, or you already are, what is, what is kind of the best advice that you could give someone starting out? Maybe one or two pieces of advice to say, hey, here's what I think you should do to begin. Sure. Yeah. Something a bit more actionable. Uh, I was talking actually with Mitko about this, but um, don't be afraid. And, and someone just asked in the community, don't be afraid to have the nine to five still. Don't be afraid to have that uh, support both financially. Um, it's going to help you out as you're making the transition and it's going to, you know, reduce the stress because then you're not, I mean, it's great to say I took the leap, but right. um, you know, you, you want to have that support as well while you do it. Um, and if you can, like, which chances are you can, don't be afraid to move yourself. It's one of the easiest ways to, to, save money as you're making the transition. Go somewhere where, where things are cheaper. No car. You don't need a car. <laughs> you don't need all of these other things that you think you need. That's just like when you're at home. Now, I understand that's not practical for everyone, families, this and that. Sure. But, um, you know, often it is. Yeah. And everyone can cut expenses to some degree. And a lot of people can probably cut them to, to an extreme degree. And as you mentioned, probably the most extreme. I said like no. Yeah, yeah, I said no to my friends like uh, regarding like going out for, for drinks and stuff because I it's just prioritizing the the travel first, knowing that when I got there, like a beer in another country is going to taste better than <laughs> one at home. So <laughs> this beer in Spain is going to be better than this beer in Connecticut. So uh, I'm saving my money for the beer in Spain. Awesome. Uh, leading into that, and this will be the last little question we get you. What is a place that you're dying to go to. You mentioned you want to go back to Spain and, and no one's going to fault you for that. But what's another spot that you're sitting there thinking, all right, like I want to get back on the road and I want to experience this place. New Zealand. That's where it all started. I saved up all my money and I was like, Lord of the Rings, you know, I'll, and I saved up all this money and I didn't go. So I have to, uh, that's still on my, it's high on my list. I still got to get there. Okay. And you'll probably have even worse internet in New Zealand than in Spain. So, and you're already used to that. So you're, Yeah. Yeah. Got to get some locations uh, updated there so I can teach. <laughs> yeah. It's a business expense, man. It's a business expense, right? <laughs> write everything off. Anywhere you go, as long as you ping a location on Teach Nomadic, you can write it off as a business expense. <laughs> there we go. 
That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Obviously, we've enjoyed having you in the community. It's absolutely awesome to see the things you're doing. I think the enthusiasm comes through, especially in this podcast. If you guys are part of Location the Indie community, you've seen Jason on the calls. You've seen him in the Mighty Network. It's absolutely awesome how enthusiastic you are, not only for your own projects, but also for helping out everyone else. And you're super um, helpful, especially with people saying, hey, I want to teach English. You're like, oh, yeah, I got this. I got this. I got this. Check out these posts. So thank you for that, man. We really, really appreciate it. And remind people, like if, they're, if they want to follow your story or learn more about what you're doing, where should they go to find you? Yeah, you can check out teachnomadic.com. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Instagram. I think it's J-A-S-N-S-C-O-T-T. Okay. There you go. Jason Scott (laughs) on Instagram. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Jason. It's awesome to have you. A big congratulations for being the Location Indie member of the month for this month. Guys, if you are a member of Location Indie, um, let us know. You guys, you guys have your hands on the uh, pulse of the community just as much as I do. Let us know if people are really helping out our awesome members that are kind of living that location independent life and that ethos because we love highlighting people um, who are doing that. So Jason, thanks for being uh, an awesome member of our community and uh, can't wait to continue to follow your journey. And hopefully we have some beers in Spain. I owe you at least a few beers, so I won't buy any here in the US. So I have enough money for both you and I when we get beers in Spain. How about that? Perfect. Thanks, Trev. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on our very special monthly bonus episode where we highlight a Location Indie member and their story. If you're interested in joining Location Indie and learning more about what goes on in our community, check us out at locationindie.com. You can hop on the newsletter and be the first to know when the community opens up again. We'll chat with you soon. See you next time. Peace.